Your connection with Tua, do you feel like it's the same, better, or, or slightly under the connection that you had with Mahomes on the field? Nah, I say me and Tua. Pat had Kelsey and I was kind of jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yo, welcome to RG3 and the Ones presented by Wave Sports and Entertainment. I'm your host, Robert Griffin III, and on this show, we are talking to the ones. I mean, the ones that are at the top of their industry in sports and entertainment, not just the ones that know the game, but also study the game. And you're going to have a front row seat so that hopefully by the end of this show, you can take something that you learned today and apply it to your own life so you can become the one in that bad boy too. Oh, me? I'm just the one who was eating turducken on TV this past weekend. And yes, the meat was loose. I didn't mean to drop it on the floor. It is what it is. I was also the purple suit wearing, challenging my Prince vibes once again on Monday Night Countdown. And I also compared Trevor Lawrence to Easter Island because he literally looks like the statue that's there. Once you see it, you can't unsee it, people. But listen, I need you guys to like and subscribe to our YouTube page. We absolutely cannot do this without you. And if you follow us on social media at RG3 and The Ones, you will get those daily clips so that you can continue to be up to date with what we're doing and who we're talking to. Again, we're going to be dropping that fire for y'all every single week. So make sure you also listen wherever you you get your podcast coming up on this episode i'm gonna talk to you guys about bryce young and why this man should oh let me stop he should request a trade but first i got a very very special guest for you i'm talking about the one who can sprint juke and backflip his way into the end zone with his eyes closed play for the chiefs and the dolphins super bowl champ in 2019 he's the first player since Lee Evans in 2006 to record at least 200 yards receiving in a single quarter. That's right, a single quarter, and he's on track to become the first player to put up 2,000 receiving yards in a single season. I'm talking about the man, the myth, the fastest man in football, and some might say uh, even on the track, Tyreek Hill. Welcome to the show, my guy. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. No, pleasure is all mine. I got to say thank you. Uh, I think it was last year you put out that you believe I could be a GM someday. Yeah, man. And I got to say that is a goal. And I appreciate you throwing that out there into the into the universe. And I'm receiving it fully. Come on now. (laughs) I I, I truly believe that, man. Like um, you definitely I feel like you definitely got an eye for a talent. Obviously, you got the track background. So um, you can you definitely can like scout like different positions and I, I like I feel like there's so many guys in in those positions that don't understand what they're doing so I just feel like you being able to play the quarterback position you being able to you know um, understand the game a little bit more than those guys that are in in that position you feel me no I appreciate that love and 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 you know this but you just said it but you me and you both know that playing the game coaching the game having an eye for the game are all different things but it certainly helps it helps when you did play mm-hmm. and you can understand what you're looking at and I, you look at guys like John Lynch he's been able to do that with the 49ers mm-hmm. um, so I appreciate you saying that oh yeah man we just talked about how you're on pace to to go for 2,000 receiving yards yeah yeah um uh, just how important is that record to you to to reach that milestone? Uh, when I first said it, it was it was it was very important, man. But um, once you know, I began to put you know um, everything that we're trying to reach as a team um, under under one umbrella as far as like um, wins, like because I'm a team guy, like I want to win games, like I could care less about the record. So obviously, the record would be great, but it'll it'll be even greater if we're able to, you know, achieve the ultimate goal, which is the Super Bowl. So um, you don't want to be that guy to have 2,000 yards and then have a first-round exit. So I'm with you. you, um, Me just being me, man, it'll be great to have, you know, be able to set the standard for, you know, all short kings all across the world. You know, there you go, short kings. I see you. These people don't believe in short receivers. So, man, I'm just trying to set the standard, man, for, like, all short kings, all short receivers, man, just trying to say, hey, don't let nobody, you know, put a limit on you, who you are as a person right. or as a player, man. You can, you can do it. Right. You feel me? Like, I play football. I Just because I don't, you know, got the hand size, the measurables to be a WR1 in your eyes, you know, don't mean I can, you know, still go out there and 
you know, play football because I know how to run routes. I know how to catch. I know how to get open. I, um, I can do all that. But back to the point, I just want to win games. That's, that's what my mindset is. Now nah, that you you're spot on though. You talk about putting on for the short kings. Yeah. You, you aren't just a wide receiver one, my guy. You are. I, I've I've said this multiple times over the past three years. Tyreek Hills don't grow on trees, right? You're just a, a unique one of one type of player. Uh, extremely fast, great route tactic, uh, tactician, and you can you know the yak that you're able to do is a rare combination of yak, but also the big play, throw the ball down the field ability. And you talked about how you like to, you know, you like to break the rules. You're breaking the mold of the wide receiver position for sure. Oh, yeah. But one one of those things that you do that's a little, uh, you know, unique is the fact that you, uh, you know, your socks. <laughs> what is it about you wearing? Is it, is it ankle socks or no socks? What What is it for you? You know, it's it, it just that thing that like when you wear track cleats. You know, you don't wear socks when you typically wear track cleats, right? Nobody wears socks that I know of that at least is good, you know, <laughs> wear socks whenever they wear their track spots. So that's where the whole thing came from. That Denver game when I was like, you know what, I want to feel fast. So I'm not wearing socks. I, the first time I ever tried it out, I was like, I'm not wearing socks this game. Guess what? I didn't okay. wear no socks. I scored in two plays. I was like, yo, I'm never wearing socks. And then, <laughs> then next thing I know, the referee came up to me. He was like, hey, we're going to have to kick you out of the game if you don't put on socks. They just called from New York. I'm like, what? I'm like, on, I'm like how y'all going to kick me out of this game? Like, what am I doing? I'm not taunting. For not wearing socks? For not wearing socks. Crazy. Oh, my gosh. The referee came up to me and said that. Like, I don't know what's going on. I was like. Okay, just bring the socks here. I put them on, so I put on the socks. You, you're actually bringing me somewhere that that has actually bothered me uh, for for years. Right. For years, I got fined also when I was in the league uh, for for I had a, a I crossed out the Nike sign on a shirt mm. my first game ever against the New Orleans Saints in pregame because I was signed to Adidas, mm-hmm. and they tried to find me for crossing out the Nike logo. Let alone shoes, cleats. I wore some military uh, camo cleats made by Adidas on a Thursday night game. Yeah. And they fined me like $40,000 for honoring the military in the uh, salute to service game. In the salute to service game. Typical NFL, so for man. You, uh, oh, don't get me started, bro. So for you, you've been fined over $100,000. Yeah, whether it's the peace sign or the socks. They fined me for uh, my shoes this last game, which is crazy. My cleats. What, what what was wrong with shoes? And they said they don't fit in the Nike or Adidas because they like uh it's, it's one of my homeboys brands and I uh okay I just okay. put it on but they look like Jordan <laughs> cleats you feel me but okay it's like they like we gotta find you for your cleats I'm like bro y'all finding me for everything like what am I doing like they finding you for everything man I, I I'm a believer that the fine system is is uh, is rigged. It to is. be quite honest with you, it is. they're stealing money from players. They're finding guys like I think it was Jalen Warren, the running back for the Steelers, uh, got fined for a, a hit where he had like kind of put his head down at, at yeah. contact. Yeah. And he got fined that game more than his game check. Ooh, just where yeah. are you at with the NFL fine system and, and just how they're it feels like they're stealing money from the players. Oh, yeah. And they put people in those positions whenever you get on a phone call with them to like, hey. Can you reduce it? Can you like, it's my first time doing it. Can you take it away some kind of way? They put like ex NFL guys who are assholes or dickheads who, <laughs> who can't relate. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's like, bro, like you used to play in the league. Like, can you help me out? It's like, nah, I gotta, I gotta fully give you this 90% fine. I'll take out 10%, but it's 90%. So you 43,000 right. of, I'm gonna take out 10%. What is that? I, I don't know the numbers, but. Man, I, I just don't know, man. I, I just wish, you know, the NFL just allowed guys to, like, you know, truly show their personalities, you know, because um, – and then just let guys play, man. Yeah, they do say the NFL stands for the no-fun league. That, that's been something I've heard for, for a long, long time. But one thing about Cheetah, Cheetah don't follow no rules, man. Like, I I, <laughs> I showed up. Hey, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't listen to nobody, bro. Like, so I'm hard-headed. <laughs> I showed up to I showed up to the Miami Dolphins all white party wearing black. So and they and, oh and they found me. So I don't follow rules. We gonna go ahead and start right there. You said you uh you showed up to the 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 Dolphins all white party wearing black. Yeah. Well, well, when was this? Uh, it was at the beginning of the year. It was like a a, a player lunch party. You know, after training okay. camp, 
Um, you know, trying to welcome all the players, saying congratulations for making the team. You know, players were right. there, wives were there, um, just everybody in the organization was there. And it was like, <laughs> my thing was, I was like, man, I'm going to show up late. You feel me? I'm going to show up late on right. purpose, and I'm going to show up wearing all black. Because my mom, she always told me, she was like, look, if you want to be different, bro, you got to set the standard. So I showed up wearing all black. I mean, I'm the only one walking oh through the goodness. party wearing all black, looking looking around like, what's going on, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's funny. What do you think about potentially, because they're not going to get rid of the fine system, we know that. No, no, no. What do you think about them potentially um, making the fine system be based off of your contract? Oh, no. Uh, And and I don't want to say, I don't want to say for you, you make a, you make a lot of money and you've earned it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if they kept the fine system, what it is for guys like yourself that are making an exuberant amount. Right. um, And just didn't find you as much. But guys like Jalen Warren or guys that aren't making those huge game checks, maybe prorating it some way to where it's a certain percentage of their smaller contracts so that they're not walking out of games mm-hmm. having to pay the NFL to play. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree, you know, with something like that. And I'm sure that, you know, when the next, you know, players meet in, whenever they meet with the yeah. CBA and all that, um, that'll come across the board, but it's going to be hard, man, because it's like you say, like the NFL, they trying to get their money. Everybody trying to get yeah. paid in the NFL. You feel me? So it's, it's going to be kind of hard, you know, for them to be able to push that. But I think it'll be a tremendous idea because I was once a rookie and I had to pay a tremendous amount of fines and I didn't have the money. But I'm <laughs> like, man, look, I need my money. So is there a way that we can, right. like, you know, get around this? So I'm, I'm I'm definitely out for it if they were able to do something like that, you know, for the young guys in the league. Yeah, it really it's really more about the young guys. And I'm not saying like because I don't count your paper, but I know you're making a bunch of money. You're one of the highest paid wide receivers in the league. Yeah. If they prorated it completely or as a percentage of your massive contract, you'd be getting fined much more. Oh, yeah. And, and sure. I don't think that that's what we need to be doing here. But we got to take care of the young guys at some point, especially these guys coming up from the practice squad. Uh, and they, they make a hit. They're out there playing football seen and they're that. getting all that money going. I seen that last week where a player, he just had got activated off the practice squad, <laughs> got fined for his whole game check. I was like, yo, what NFL, oh, we got to do better. Got to do something better there. After a long day of standing on business and traveling and filming and all that other stuff, nothing beats a nice warm bubble bath to unwind and relax. And this week's episode of RG3 and the Ones is sponsored by Dr. Teal's. Dr. Teal's Epsom salt is trusted by the pros who push their bodies to the limit. And if you're looking for a solution to help you recover after a tough workout, you can feel your best with Dr. Teals. Y'all know me, and I'm always staying ready and staying in shape just in case, you know, Cleveland Browns, New York Jets call, and I'm still working out. But there's nothing I love more than a nice warm bubble bath just to take all the stress away, all the stress away, because I can't be one of the ones without recharging my body, mind, and soul. Self-care and recovery is important, especially if you're an athlete. Or, you know, if you're running around on Black Friday doing some shopping or Cyber Monday, or, you know, if you have it in your heart to give on Giving Tuesday. So soaking in Dr. Till's Epsom salts can recharge those muscles and help speed recovery so you can wake up and feel your best every single day. It's time to work hard and recover just like the pros do. Grab Dr. Till's Epsom salts at Walmart today and make sure you elevate your game. Let's get back to the football aspect of it with you guys uh, at the Miami Dolphins. You're one of three teams with an eight and three record in the AFC. Everyone yeah. right now is is chasing the Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson and them boys. Do you think you guys are the best team in the AFC? Oh, for sure. Um, there are a lot of great teams in the AFC. You know, you just said one, the Ravens, you got the Chiefs, you got the Jags. Yep. Um, and there are plenty more teams, you know, that are real good in the AFC. But I feel like um, the team that we got, you know, are actually – is that uh, is actually built, you know, to go the distance. Like when you look at our okay. offense, we're number one, you know, stati- statistically all across yep. the board. When you look at our defense, those guys are improving each and every yes, week. You know, those guys are flying to the ball each and every week. And, you know, our offense, it's, it's been kind of slow the last few weeks because of turnovers, because of, you know, shooting ourselves in the foot. But right. all, all of that is fixable. You know, when you got problems that are fixable and problems that are avoidable, you know, everything's going to be all right. And we got, you know, um, some real good games come, coming up. Um, 
So really looking forward to those games. Um, and everybody's coming back at the right time. You feel me? Um, I, I believe we got Toronto instead. He's getting healthy. Myself, Devon A. Channing, everybody's getting healthy. Jalen Ramsey, he's he, he's, oh my God, he's next level at practice. How big of an addition has getting Jalen been for you guys on the defensive side? And like you just said, even in practice. Bro, like his his mentality, you know, whenever he's at practice, like this dude take every scout team practice rep. So I got to go against him. And it's like, bro, <laughs> okay. like, it's like, get your ass off the field, bro. Like, let's sit your ass <laughs> down and talk to your coach. <laughs> he got that bitch trying to prove a point on Wednesday. <laughs> I'm like, bro, no, sir. No, sir, bro. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I got to go home and play husband real quick. Yo, ass out there being acting like Deion Sanders versus motherfucking Jerry Rice. No, <laughs> not, not today, bro. Not today. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> he out there trying to go one-on-ones on Wednesday. Bro, huh? He out there trying to put hands, knees, and elbows on me and Waddle, man. It's like, bro, like, come on, bro. <laughs> He no. gonna get, hey, every look, every time me and Water see uh Ramsey, me and Water always say, that boy fire, he gonna get them practice reps. <laughs> he gonna get them reps. But he's been talking about it like he feels like he's been a little rusty. Bro. You know, he, he's played well. He's has he had a, I think a two interception game a few weeks ago. Uh and he's been playing well, but maybe he's just trying to use two of the best receivers in the NFL to get him back to where he feels like he needs to be at. Bro, I will say though, like you can see, you know, his work ethic at practice has shown in the game too though. You feel me? So he he's been balling out. And with him being back, like I just feel like he brings a different, you know, mentality to that side of the ball, man. Like it's like, hey. We got to go get it, man. My boy Xavier Howard on the other side. He tackling now. You feel me? He finally tackling. He finally tackling. He finally tackling. He finally tackling now. So it's like the whole defense is balling, bro. I love X, though. That's my boy. Nah, X is uh, that's a Baylor guy. You know, we, we go way back. Mm-hmm. And for y'all to have both those guys on the outside. And I, I do feel like Jalen has, like, raised the level of the defense. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you guys been it like you said. You guys struggled a little bit with the turnovers the last couple of games, right? But they've been playing well enough to to let you guys work through those kinks, right? So when you look at Tua, I'm fascinated with what you guys do on offense with the motion, the one motion that you guys keep doing, whether it's inside the stack motion and out at the snap, or outside the stack motion and in at the snap. What's your emotion? Uh, right? It's taking, yeah, it's, it's it's taking the league by storm. Everybody's trying to copycat that. Oh yeah, but when you look at being able to win a Super Bowl in Andy Reid's offense mm-hmm. versus what you guys do in Mike McDaniel's offense, like how do you compare the two? To me, I feel like you really can't compare it because it's two different – obviously, it's two different types of quarterbacks and, you know, two different, you know, types of mindsets calling the plays. You feel me? Like when I was in KC, it was big play. It was big play, you know what I'm saying? Allow Pat, you know, to create plays with his, with his feet. He'll dump it to Kelsey. He'll find me. Um, and that was the game. Like, that was the game right there. Um, and we got open. I mean, kind of here is, is different. You know, it's all about time, man. It's got to be – you got to be in a certain area. And, you know, um, with your route, it, all your routes ha- got to be precise. I learned this in year one of this offense, man. I ran a post route. The same post route I've been, I've been catching for the touchdown this year. I was fucking it up last year. Like, I'm like, bro, <laughs> throw the post. No, they like, you got to stay on the inside edge of the number when you run that post. Right? Like, we don't right. want you to bend in. We don't want you to, like, bend out. We want you to stay on this track, and the quarterback will throw it on this spot. And it's been money right. every time. I'm like, damn. To it, like, I'm going to throw it to this spot, bro. That's what they tell me to throw it. So, I'm to that spot, touchdown every time. So, it's certain things in this offense that's different from KC. It wasn't, you have to be here, you have to be there. And KC, it's like, man, yo, man, you got a man across from you, you beat him. You feel me? And that's the mindset. Here it's like be in a spot on time. It's fascinating you say that because I know that you made like many waves uh, last year talking about how Tua was so accurate. Oh, yeah. Um, and more and more accurate than, than Patrick was. But I see that what you're talking about on the tape. It's not that Tua was throwing to spots and not to guys. It's that because he's such a timing based quarterback. Right. He needs you to be in that spot when you're supposed to be there. Uh, because he can throw the deep ball, he can. But it's no, it's no secret that Patrick Mahomes has a stronger arm. Like exactly, we're, it, we're not oblivious to that. Mm-hmm. And I think you just articulated that perfectly um, about the difference between the two. But when you look at Tua specifically, what, in your opinion, makes him great? 
just his ability to overcome adversity. I feel like when I first got here, um, he was kind of like inside of a box. Um, he wasn't he, he he isn't even close to what he is now. You feel me? Like his personality is showing a whole lot more. You feel me? Um, and it kind of shows, you know, how he's dealt with the circumstances he was given earlier in his career. And it translates onto the field also, man. Um, I can remember last year, like we was playing against Baltimore. We was down a lot, man, and how he was able to carry carry us and, you know, get a like get all of our heads back into the game. Like his mindset is different. Like a lot of people won't understand that. A lot of people look at Tua, they'd be like, oh, guys don't like him. Because I, I heard that when I first got here. Guys don't like him. Don't nobody want to play for him. Um, and it was like, bro, like I don't get it. Like this guy, he's a hard worker. He's a man of God. I, I love that. He's humble. He's the most humble guy that you'll ever meet in your life. And, you know, he loves to win. You feel me? So, man, like, I, I, I just love playing for the guy. Like, I just love being, being in the huddle with him. Because I know sometimes I need that. Like, when I'm in the huddle, I can be done drop the pass. He can be like, hey, Reek, come on, man, let's go. I need you. Like, I need that sometimes. And it's like, come on, bro. I appreciate you helping me snap back into it. So, no, that, that's awesome to hear you say that because the environment that I believe Mike McDaniels created for Tua has allowed him to lead. Oh, yeah. It's allowed him to, to feel more confident. Mm-hmm. Uh, you weren't there the previous years, mm-hmm. but just how has Mike been able to create that environment for his quarterback to feel empowered? And he just allows Tua to be his own man for real, though. Um, and he gives him control of basically everything. Um, whether it's play calling, whether it's, you know, practice or whether it's just anything. So Tua, he, he just, um, yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to see, man, because the stories that I heard when I first got here is crazy <laughs> to what I'm seeing now, man. So it's like, it's like, it's like a beautiful thing to see each and every day, man, to know that right. I, I was just a part of, you know, his, his journey and his story and, um, the way that coach is doing it, like he encourages Tua. Like he like he encourages to her, um, but he also be on his ass at the same time though. Just his past game, we have like a team meeting and he pull up like uh so Tua threw a pick. He was like, Hey Tua, like re on the on the post on the on the bang gate right here, we had an out route, Tua through the out route. He was like, All right, Tua, like yada yada yada, like th- this wasn't the play, you ain't trust to play. And but he still hold him accountable, but at the same time though, he know Tua is like a, a crazy competitor. So he know the next week he's right. gonna come out, you know, Komodo. Ching, ching. Yeah, yep. exactly. So <laughs> it's a beautiful thing to see, man. Like just their relationship that they got him and coach, man. And I, I, I gotta say it's probably comparable to with Patrick and Coach Reed and KC. And it's a beautiful Ooh, thing to see, man. Okay. Just to see those All guys right. like just jail like that. What's the biggest difference between Mahomes and Tua? And then, of course, for you, is your connection with Tua exceeding the connection that you had with Patrick? Biggest difference, um, both uh, both guys are crazy competitors. So it's it's kind of yep. hard to say, man, like, because both guys will, will, will probably probably won't lead the, probably won't lead the field uh, unless they're on a stretcher, bro. Like, that's how much they love the game. That's how both – like, that's how right. much both of them love this game so much, man. So it's, right. it's hard. Like, obviously, like, we, we can look at, you know, both their games and say, okay, two is this, Mahomes this. Like, but right. I don't want to do that, though. I, I look at, you know, characteristics. Like, I want to, I wanna, you know, see what kind of player you is, you know, around your teammates. Like, both of them are great teammates. Both of them are great leaders of men, you know, so – they both do a great job of it. Your connection with Tua, do you feel like it's the same, uh, better, or or slightly under the connection that you had with Mahomes on the field? Nah, I say me and Tua. Okay. Because uh, Pat had Kelsey and I was kind of jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, you ain't never invite me over to your house like you did Kelsey. You always invited Kelsey. That's that's why we here where we at now. Nah, nah, nah. Really? Nah, I'm with shit. I'm with shit, <laughs> He said he was jealous of Kelsey. Like, no, nah, but it's to be real. That, that's real. They had a great connection. They got a great connection. It was connection. almost 
one A and and one B or one A exactly. or one and two. Exactly. And with Tua, you are for sure one. Thank you. Um, and that's not that's not anything to say about uh, Jalen Waddle because he's a phenomenal player as well. I've never been anybody's side ch- chick. I've never been anybody's side chick before. Never. Always. My whole life. High school, middle school, all, all the quarterbacks, main chick. Always. Right. You feel me? I go to I go to KC. Right. Now I'm the side chick. I'm like, oh, what's going on with that? <laughs> <laughs> like, Bro, you were wild. I want to go to Capitol Grill. I want to go to Eddie V's. You taking me to Joe's right. Barbecue. No, I don't want no barbecue. I want to go to the fancy <laughs> restaurants. You want to go to Nobu? I want to go to Nobu. You want to go to Nobu? Come on, huh? Oh man, that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> when you <laughs> you t- okay? So I noticed something, and I don't know if you did, uh-huh. but uh, the game you guys had in London, Germany, you made it a point. You made it a point to go up and talk to Andy Reid, mm-hmm. and also talk to Patrick. Right. I came away. Now I didn't see everything. I just saw what was posted online. Okay. I came away feeling like they were a little cold towards you, brother. Yeah, they was. You you came out and you said, hey, coach, I love you. I appreciate everything you've done for me. Right. You went to Patrick. You said, hey, man, I love you. And they didn't hit you with the I love you back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't hit you with the, hey, man, you know, we we, we miss you. Hope the best for you. It was almost more business-like, like, all right, cool. Go over there, fam. Exactly. How, how, did, you, how did you feel about that interaction? Oh, I felt great. You know, like, you can ask anybody. I'm the kind, kind of person that... Truth be told, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to tell you how I feel. If I fuck with you, I fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, that's cool. You feel me? You do your thing. But I know how I feel about you, though. You feel me? Like, I understand that that you may feel some kind of way because how things played out, but I ain't got no control about how you feel. You feel me? That's just the way my my grandparents raised me. I was born in South Georgia. I'm going to keep it a stat with you. So, I mean, I go up to him, shake the hand, kind of cold shoulder from both of them. But after the game, though, Pat, he came up to me. He Dapped it up, same thing. You feel me? But before the game, though, Kelsey and Miko, like, they're my boys, though. Kelsey and Miko. Yeah, 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 yeah. Andy and Pat was the last two people I talked to before I, I, I got shipped to Miami, though. They was the last two people, though, I talked to. And, it, and it, those conversations was kind of kind of dicey, you feel me? So that's why Ooh. it was probably like, nah, we don't fuck okay. with you, fam. Okay. okay. That's probably what was going on, but... What 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 about the conversation made it so dicey? I don't know, man. I just feel like the last time that I spoke to both of them, it was like, "Hey, we we gonna get you a deal," and I was like, "Okay, cool." Like whenever y'all get okay. the deal, like just just let me know. Like just as long as it makes sense, man. So right. Next thing I know, and then that and that ended up not happening. That ended up not happening. So here we are today. <sighs> yeah. So I I, I got to be honest with you. Come on. One one hundred percent always right. I think the biggest mistake the Chiefs ever made was letting you go. 100%. Come on, man. And and I know that they ended up winning the Super Bowl mm-hmm. uh, last year. And I thought it, it made Patrick have to truly develop, read coverages at a high level, oh, yeah. get the ball out of his hands. Because when he had you, you were almost like a, a pacifier for Pat. If it, if it wasn't there, hey, Reek opened somewhere down there. You were a cheat code, and the fact he that he had it, such a strong arm, and you were able to to beat double coverage consistently uh, and just run past guys, he was able to make a lot of those big plays. Yep. I think Mahomes has developed a lot over in the past two seasons from that standpoint, and talking to his trainers and everyone else involved, they they would agree with that. Oh yeah. But I think it would have been much easier for you guys or for for them to win the Super Bowl last year if they still had you at wide receiver. What is your current relationship with with the Chiefs? I know you did Kelsey and Miko, your boys. Yeah. You constantly su- support Miko, which I think is just a beautiful thing to see. But what's your relationship with like in the with the Chiefs and the players right now? Uh, yeah, I'm I, I'm still cool with uh, uh, most of them. I text Pat, me and me and Pat still chat, me and Kelsey chat, obviously Miko still chat, but. A lot of the guys that I, you know, my receiver coach ain't there no more. Greg Lewis, he and he with the Ravens with Zay Flowers. That, that's why that's why young Zay going crazy over there because he got he got that boy G Lou. Um, so I really don't talk to nobody. The GM he didn't bring me in. Brett Beach, I was brought in by John Dorsey, but they let John Dorsey go like three years ago. So the whole receiver room cleared out besides Miko. 
So I really don't know nobody over there, for real. All right. So for you, um, I know your focus is on Miami. Right. Would you ever go back to Kansas City? Nah, I ain't. It's, it's, it's too golden over here. It's too golden over here. Okay. <laughs> I like it. It's too golden over okay. here. Especially, like, when, when you winning and then, um, like, you feel so appreciated. Like, our head coach do a great job of, like, making sure that every single player, not just me, but every single player on this roster feels appreciated. It's not like, oh, Tua, oh, Jalen, oh, Reek. It's like, oh, you the 47th guy on the roster. So let me make it a point to put put you on this film and showing you what you did on special teams, how fast you're flying down the field. It's like, bro, like moments like that. Because I can, I can remember I was a fifth-round pick running down the field as a gunner, and nobody showed me love making plays, returning kicks, none of that. You feel me? Like, it's, it's, it's always been my dream, but shit, like, at least make – at least make a dude feel good for what he's doing. But coach do a great job of that. Coach do a great job of that, though, for real, though. So it's, it's awesome to see, awesome to be on this team, and I absolutely love it. Nah, you you are absolutely killing it there. And you talk about that appreciation. I'm I'm more than sure when y'all put 70 on the Broncos, uh, he was showing mad love to oh, everybody. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just talk about that game, that experience, and, and what, like what point were you guys trying to prove by going out there and scoring the 70 points on the Broncos. You know what? That was like one of those games that um, truly showed like what would, what we can do as a team. And we wasn't even at full strength. We, we didn't even have nope. Jalen Waddle and we didn't have nope. a bunch of guys. You feel me? But um, once we got rolling, once we, you know, began to, um, you know, convert third downs, because that's the biggest thing, being able to stay on the field as an offense, converting third downs, um, allowing your defense to stay out the field um, is, is huge. So, that was one of our best games where we converted a bunch of third downs. Um, right. And our defense created a bunch of turnovers, and we scored off those turnovers. We didn't score three points. We scored seven points. So that's a big factor. Um, a lot, a lot, like, that was just one of them games that everything just went well. Like, everything went right for us, and we capitalized yeah. on every situation that was given to us. So aside aside from the the beautiful offensive explosion that it was, because it looked like seven on seven. I'm gonna be honest with you, like, y'all were breaking tackles. Oh, it was man. like I, I'm a believer, guys. Like speed and space always wins the race. I say it constantly in college football, and you guys got a lot of speed. Got a lot of speed. We got a lot of speed. We got guys on our practice squad too who fast. We got Anthony Schwartz, like Chase Claypool. Like we got guys. We got guys that that, that don't even play. <laughs> Speed on speed. Ferrari. Speed on speed. Ferrari's in the garage. <laughs> nah, that's true. Cause Schwartz coming out of high school, he's like a 10, he's either 10 0 or 10 1. Yeah, 10 uh, 0. meter runner. Fast. I remember, I remember that boy. He was fast. He's still fast. fast. Still fast. Fast. Okay, still fast. Um, when I, when you look at that game, for me, the biggest takeaway outside of the offensive explosion was the fact that you guys could have set the NFL record for most points in the game <laughs> against a team that didn't even give Mike McDaniel a head coaching interview, the team that he got his coaching or he was a ball boy for back in the day with Mike Shanahan. In the locker room, was there any talk about how that not scoring the 72 points or kicking the field goal at the end of the game to be the all-time uh, leading scorer in NFL history in a single game. Was there any talk about that from a sense of we're rubbing it in by not scoring against you? Nah, um, obviously there there were conversations, you know, about it. Uh, our coach, he pulled the captains on the side, you know, um, during the game. He was okay. like, hey, do we want to break this record? And it was one of those moments where it's like, bro, like, what are we trying to prove is week three? You know, obviously it'll know. be great, you know, to be in the record books forever, 40 years from now, that says the Miami Dolphins, 2023, <laughs> 73 points. That'd be great, you know, 25 years from now, and say, hey, I was a part of that team. But right. that team also, what did they do in February? You know, so it was it was just one of those moments, you know, where, you know, Coach, he also, you know, he thought the same way. He was like, okay, you guys are right. Like, what am I trying to prove? Like, when it's all about February, so – um, it was just a uh, decision by the captains in uh, leadership. No, I, I love the decision. I actually stated after it that I thought that it was the right decision. And I thought it hurt more because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Broncos are doing great now, right? Yeah. They're back in playoff contention and they, they've, you know, overcome a one and five start. Yeah. But I thought it would hurt more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like the girl that leaves you when you, when you down and out. Mm-hmm. 
And now all of a sudden <laughs> you big man on campus and she over there looking at you like, damn, I should have stayed with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Or I should have, I should have gave, or I should have gave him a chance. The girl yeah. that wouldn't even give you a chance in high school. Now she looking at you. She's like, Oh my goodness. He's a baller. <laughs> yeah. Should have gave him a chance. Gave him a chance they should have gave Mike McDaniel a chance, at least an interview mm-hmm. and they didn't. And then they got 70 put on their head. So I thought that that was a phenomenal just storyline. How ironic that that kind of came about. Right. It's the holiday season, and I know you guys are loading up on those wish lists. And this week's episode of RG3 and the Ones is sponsored by Skylight Frames. Looking for a gift that your loved ones will actually use and enjoy instead of always the easy sweaters and socks? That stuff's boring. You don't want to get the basic gifts, right? Everyone's getting those bad boys. So this year, give them exactly what they need with a Skylight Frame. Skylight is a touchscreen photo frame you can send photos to straight from your phone and they appear in just seconds. You can even preload photos before the box is even open. Our baby G is growing up so fast, it feels like just yesterday that she just started walking. What better way for us to continue to see her growth than to put her pictures and that progress from walking in one of those Skylight frames. You can do the same thing for your family and still capture all of those quote unquote great moments. As a special limited time offer for our listeners, you can get $15 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com backslash RG3. So like I said, go get those $15 off of that purchase. Go to skylightframe.com slash RG3. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash RG3. Savor the moment, people. Now we're talking about this and, and you talk about all the speed you guys have uh, on the Dolphins. Right. But you also have you, you're, in my opinion, wide receiver one in the NFL right now. Thank you. And, and, and Jalen Waddle. Uh, and not just that. I also have to state that you are number one on my MVP list as well. So I, I know that you I know that you believe Tua uh, should be on there. He is on my list as well. But I think that you're number one right now because of what you're doing. Uh, but let me get back on the topic. Jalen Waddle is also one of those great wide receivers but for you who are the top five wide outs in the league right now top five uh mike evans keenan allen Diggs, aj brown uh who am i missing did you say Devonte? oh yeah Devonte allen well i'm tripping i'm tripping well, i'm tripping <laughs> i'm tripping bro like yeah those guys right there man they get my old okay. guys some love, man. Yeah, and a lot a lot of them you just mentioned, I feel like are underappreciated. Man. Like Mike Evans. I, what what's Mike got? Is it eight or nine straight thousand yard seasons? This man been doing this. Ten. He, he's he's been killing it for a long time. And Keenan Allen, I mean, the man threw a, a pass in this last game on a little lateral play. I'm like, is there anything this guy can't do? Keenan Allen. One is. of the best route runners we've ever seen. Seriously. So, so when you take that list of guys. For right now, mm-hmm. how do you equate that your your list for the top five wide receivers of all time? So when I think of greatest, I'm thinking of guys who have changed the position. Oh, okay. So I, I gotta go with AB. That's Ooh. I gotta go with. A lot of people may not agree with that, man, but AB. Man, he was a problem. Jay Rice, obviously. Take all the off the field stuff away with AB and a little bit of the on the field, like taking his jersey off and, and going going wild in Tampa. I don't disagree that that you could make the argument that AB was one of the greatest of all time. Thank you. I don't I don't disagree with that. I gotta go AB Jerry. Okay. Uh, I gotta go TO too, man. TO was like 100 monster. Uh I'm gonna go Steve Largent. Oh, okay. Uh, Educate him. Uh, and let me go. Let me go Santana Moss. That, that's my top five, hey, man. My man says Santana Moss. <laughs> I don't no, know I why. Ain't gonna lie to you. I was a fan of Santana Moss. Santana was was my guy in, in Washington. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I played together, yeah. <laughs> I had him my rookie year. It was wild. Like, Santana had, like, I'm not going to lie, he had, like, 20 catches and 13 touchdowns. It was crazy. <laughs> uh, you know, we didn't, use, we didn't use him as much because he was a little um, uh, older at that time. Yeah. But he could still separate. Bro. He could still play inside and outside. I was a huge uh, Santana Moss fan before I even got to the yeah. team. So it's funny you, you, you say that name because just for the position and the culture, Santana Moss – he did so much for it, man. Return game. Thank you. Honestly, it's to be quite honest, like similar to what you now. Come you're, on. I love you're, Santana. You're, let's just put it that way. Santana Moss, the player, uh, what he was able to do for me in Washington, forever grateful to that. But he was a guy that made me want to go to Miami. Mm, right? I'm sure yeah. I'm really sure he was a guy that made you want to go to Miami uh, too. Come on. Want to go to Miami yes. too and, and be a returner and do mm-hmm. things and, and put on for the short kings out yeah, there. Yeah, right? sir. There we go. Now we're talking. <laughs> I love Santana Walls, man. Always been a fan of him. We've had uh, some guys very prominent, the greatest of all time at quarterback, Tom Brady, say that the league is, is is soft and there's like a lot of mediocre play going on. Right. Do you do you believe right now is the best time to play wide receiver in the NFL? Yeah, it's the it's the most absolutely greatest time to play because I now know I can catch the ball and not get my head taken off. I, I can now, <laughs> you know, be able to spend 10 more years with my kids and, you know, um, successfully have a, a thought process in the meanwhile. Right. So yeah, it's the, it's the greatest time, man. I, I um, You can catch slants, you can catch overs, you can catch basic routes, you can catch whatever you want to catch, man. So I, I, I definitely believe that. And, and then do you agree with Brady's statement that he feels like this is the most mediocre time of NFL product that's being put out there? I saw Alex Smith had a clap back. Yeah, at him he did. And said that that's know, my he, old quarterback. There you go. That's, that's my old right? quarterback. Come on, man. Rookie <laughs> year, baby. That is true. And he came back and he said, you know, well, Tom Brady played in the most cupcake in the, in division the in all of football. <laughs> but he also won seven Super Bowls against, you know, other competition outside okay. of that division as well. So that would be my only comeback to that with Alex. Right. I don't think the game is necessarily mediocre. What do you think? I, I wouldn't say that. Uh, I, I would just say that, you know, the NFL is just trying to do a better job of just protecting this product, you know, which is, you know, obviously the players. Like, I know we say no fun league all the time, but um, I, I think this is the best way to be able to play football. I, I think it's safe, you know, for guys to not, you know, fully get their heads taken off. You know, like we seen the situation with, with bro last year. You know, we don't want no more situations like that, you know, so – for us to be able to, um, you know, for, for the league to be able to protect players, you know, is always, it would be a great thing. Um, and as you know, as generations go on, players are going to continue to get better, continue to get stronger. I feel like anyways. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think everything you just said there kind of sums up my, my feelings about it. I don't, think, I don't think it's mediocre. I think that when you're the greatest of all time and you have seven Super Bowl rings, when you step away from the game and you start watching and you see a quarterback make a throw or not make a throw and your immediate reaction is, I could have made that throw. Mm. I could have done this. It's very, it's very tough to remove yourself from the situation and still be able to celebrate the game that you see on tape. So I think a little bit of that is going on. And why wouldn't it? Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. Exactly. Um, it, It is what it is. But for you, on a personal level, like you're killing it on the field. Right. We talked about the record that you're chasing, and I don't want to say chasing, but that you're on track to accomplish. There you and go. then what you guys are trying, you know, what you guys are trying to accomplish come February, right? Mm-hmm. Got to go through December and January and everything else to get there. But off the field, you're also killing it, man. You got you got your your own gaming channel. Uh, you do a phenomenal job with Madden. You got your clothing line, right? Just like. How excited are you about the off-the-field uh, prospects of everything that you have going on? You know what? It's probably, you know, one of the um, things that I look forward to doing the most, you know, at, at the practice. You know, just um, whenever I think about my clothing brand, um, just the amount of people that, you know, I can affect. Because I feel like with the clothing, like, it's kind of like art, but it, it, it's also kind of like, you know, a language to me. So for me to be able to, like, put different designs on clothing and then also, you know, tied into who I am as a player, also a person is, is beautiful. Um, so I, I work on that primarily every day, whether it's finding, you know, athletes to do photo shoots with, whether it's um, trying to figure out when I'm going to do um, drop dates 
Um, we just had Cyber Monday, Black Friday. Obviously, sales were going crazy, so that's that's a good thing. Um, so just, just trying to find out different things with the clothing brand. Now, as far as gaming, um, that that whole thing is all about you know trying to scream like every day, trying to keep up with some of the best screamers, um, and also learning how they do it and how to like stay relevant in the space. And so far, I I really haven't found you know, um, my identity in the space. I'm still looking for it, but I'm growing. Like each and every day is an opportunity to grow. Like I, at the beginning of the off season, I started with 16 viewers. Now I'm like at 1200 viewers. So it's a beautiful thing. Like I'm, I'm growing each and every day. Like the more I stream, the more people come and watch. And that's what brands want to, that's what brands want to see how consistent you can be. So I've been consistent for currently three months. And if I continue to be consistent, I can see if I can go from 16 to 1,000, it's going to continue to grow. And that's what brands want to see. So it's all a work in progress each and every day. Yeah. So you, you talk about that and, and you you might be the best Madden player, the current active player uh, in the NFL. Do you feel like maybe because of your propensity to, to play Madden and be so good at it that at some point you could be able to call plays in an NFL game? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, okay. you, you can even ask coach. Like, I done called a few of my touchdown passes already. Like, <laughs> hey, hey, I, okay. I went with coach. Hey, coach, they playing this? Call this. And it's like, boom, <laughs> touchdown. And I go to the sideline. It's like, I told you. Like, just staying on business. Dude. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, of course I can call. I mean, I couldn't call, like, several plays. I, I probably couldn't call a drive. If I had myself out there on the field, I could call a drive. Put it like that. Okay, so I had this conversation with Jaden Daniels, quarterback at LSU, Heisman favorite right now. Right. And he, he actually thinks that playing Madden helps him be a better player. Do you feel the same way? Man, I don't know, man, because when I play Madden, I only throw it to myself, man. So <laughs> if, if I got a star player, he's going to be so tired. It's going to be so over with. <laughs> I just try to overuse my good players, man. You also say that you use Madden. Instead of watching tape on DBs, you just look at their Madden ratings and figure out how to attack them. Is that true? All of that was a joke, by the way. Okay. Yeah, all of that was a joke, by the way. Cause just to troll see, some people. See. <laughs> just to troll people. Nah, so see, he I actually watch watches tape. I actually watch tape. There you man. go. I actually watch film. And the biggest thing when watching film and, you know, um, learning about DBs, especially young DBs, they give it away every time. Like, they do the same thing over and over. Like, they never switch it up. They never switch it up. Like if they press you, if they shoot with their outside hand, they're going to shoot with their outside hand. And it's like, OK, I know what you're going to do on first down. I know what you're going to do on second. Now you do it every time on film. It's like you got to switch it up, young young book. Like make me think a little bit because I'm going to make you think on run game. I'm going to make you think I'm running to go. You feel me? And it's like make me think. So I watch film, man. Be locked in. Nah, I, I, I believe you watch film and I and sometimes uh the jokes can kind of run a rampant in the, in the, what do they say? A lie can get halfway around the world before the truth puts its pants on. Yeah. But I thought it was fascinating. And, and Jaden <laughs> telling me that he uses Madden to, to be a better player. I thought was also a, a pretty cool one as well. That's dope. Um, that is really, I mean, it's, he's, he's the most electric player in college football right now. So it's, it's interesting to hear that all those Madden players out there, get out there, put some cleats on and start playing because you got guys in the league like yourself, and Jane, who's going to be in the league that use the game uh, to try to help themselves get better or just, you know, feel like they can call a couple of plays based off the coverage. Yeah. Um, Rick, you know, I got to talk to you about track and field uh-huh. because you feel like I've heard you say that you think you can beat Usain Bolt in a 40. You don't think you I still can? feel that way? You, you don't think I'm I can? I'm asking you do, you, do you still feel like you can? Yes, I can. I've seen recent photos of Usain Bolt, and he's so out of shape. So, yes. <laughs> you were wrong for that. <laughs> I, went to go stalk, I went to go stalk him like, Okay, you got a little beer belly. I can beat it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. You you ran what? Four two two? Four two one. Forty? Four two one. Four two one. In the 40. Yeah. Okay. And you think you could beat him in a forty, but not a hundred. Oh yeah. I think I really believe I could get him in a sixty though, for real though. If if I really like put my mind to it and train. But definitely forty though. Forty, I got him all day. Look at you! Really? Look at you looking really? Yeah, like I'm, I, I'm fascinated by that because like I, I, you, you said you looked up recent pictures of them. Look, the man's retired. Let the man be retired. <laughs> but in, in in his prime and in your prime, you think that a forty you definitely beat him, and in a sixty you would get him, but yes. not quite a hundred. Yes, wow. in a forty, yes wow. for sure. 
Okay. So if you think you can beat that or you could do that, what would you be your explanation for the time that, that Michael Parsons uh, beat you at the Pro Bowl to 40? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy, bro? Like, Michael, he had came up to me. He was like, hey, Reek, let me win. Like, I'm I'm going to race, you know, Nick Chubb for real. I was like, go ahead, bro. Because I ain't want to be out there anyway. I, I did not want to be a part of the NFL little race or nothing. Because the NFL, like, I got you. they kind of forced me to do that. I'm like, I don't want to do that, bro. Like, like y'all not paying me no chicken. I'm not going to run fast, bro. That's how I feel. Like I have to be honest with you. When I watched the run, I was like, I, Tyreek's not even running. I'm not even out. He, he, he's not even trying to run this, but Micah went all out, balls to the wall to win that race. Bro, it's like, it's like, bro, like, if we if, if we like athletes, if we like supposed to be the best, like I want to be treated like the best, just like these soccer players all across the world, like like the NBA players all across the world. Like I want to be treated, I want to be treated treated like a real NBA All Star game, like treated like a NFL Pro Bowl All Star game. Like if this gonna be the Pro Bowl race, like treat it like that. Don't treat it like some backyard race because it's really not. Like you got some of the best in the world finna go at it. And like we got contracts, we got all this stuff, and it was nothing. It was nothing in play. I feel like it was so unorganized. It was, it was terrible. <laughs> like the organization of that is terrible. So whenever I'm done playing, then NFL, y'all need to hire me for that. Like let me go ahead and set that up, because like it's so much marketing around that that they can do oh, and they missed out on. And it's like, bro, like because players want to be involved, but it's like. They're doing a terrible job. Like, make it a prize pool. Say, hey, winner, get this. Second, And then guys will be like, oh, what? You recently uh, got married. Yeah. Um, me and Kenny Vaccaro, by the way, um, uh, your wife's brother, go way back. Track and field from when we were wee high, six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds. You ran him over um, with him. <laughs> hey, come on. You funny let, for that. Let me know. Right. Let me know so I can go talk trash to him. <laughs> Why do y'all play listen, against each other, bro? Listen, hey, Baylor, listen, come on. listen, listen. We played against each other, and we also played against each other in high school, though, because he went to Brown, uh, Brown Brownwood High School. Yeah. So we played against each other in high school in football, and we ran track. It wasn't quite that young. It was more like 11, 12 years old. So yeah. there's this picture of me and him, and I looked like Michael Blacks, and I was so dark that summer. <laughs> uh, I didn't use no sunblock. So I got, I, I'll show you the picture someday. I got to, I excuse yeah, you show me that. At, at, at that one point. But Kenny, great dude. Um, but you had mentioned something which probably was also a joke uh, about what you wanted to do after you was playing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Reek the Freak or, or, or Cheeked Up Cheetah. Oh, she, she didn't like that. Oh, she didn't like when I said that. <laughs> I was like, you know you know how I like to play. I shouldn't have, I crossed the line. I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I crossed the line too much. But yeah, I don't want to do that. But I was, just, I was just playing, bro. I know you was BSing, right? But talk about how married life has uh, changed you, enhanced you. What was it about her that made you say, all right, she's the one? Well, um, marriage has been absolutely everything my granddad, you know, said it would be, it would be fun. My grand, my grandparents, they've been married for 60 plus years. Um, oh, wow. And, Congratulations, man. Um, and they kind of told me, they was like, hey, she the one. Like, I, like, we done seen you around here, you know, doing your thing over there. But, this one right here, you better not hurt her. You, she the one, and and it's kind of been my whole you know mindset with with Key ever since we met. Like me and Key met, you know, um, eight years ago down here in Miami. Um, she was in college at the time. I was a rookie, and you know um, we've been talking you know ever since we got you know we got engaged three years ago, and we finally got married because I finally stepped up to the plate. I was like, you know what, I'm tired of it. Like, let's do it, baby. Let's get married. Like, I I want to do this because I feel like this is the year. Like, I'm having the best career year of my life. I'm more disciplined. I'm focused on, you know, um, what I got to do for not only myself, but for you, the family, the, and all of the girls. And it's it's like I finally know what hats to wear in each situation, like, when, when, when I'm at work, I'm wearing my football hat. When I'm with her, it's like I'm wearing my husband hat. And when I'm with my kids, it's like father, husband. And it's like now it's like slowly starting to come together, like when I'm about to touch 30. Because when I was a rookie, like everything was a mess. It was like, God, what do I do? It's so much happening at once. I don't know. I don't know how to control it. Now it's like everything slowed down. 
and I understand where to be at. And I know who to be around and what situations to be in. And it's like marriage was like the perfect thing. Like I just went to church for the first time um, after our Black Friday game, me and her, like the most beautiful thing. So, yeah, man, I'm I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely loving it. Um, and I wouldn't want to be married to anybody else but her, man, because she's so smart, too, though. Like she's sharp. Like how she thinks, like, like the business side of her is like so sexy. So I, I love that. I love no, man, that. I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm happy that you you found that, and uh, I think it's it's really cool to to hear that maturation process for yourself and what you're going through. And um, Kenny's always been great. Uh, did I run him <laughs> over in high school? No, I didn't run him oh, over, but I did run past him. I did. I, I did run past him. That's all I need to know. That's all. Boy, you know what I'm saying? But um, before I let you bounce, couple quick, couple quick ones for you. So I know you heard the. I don't know if I don't know if you heard the story, but uh, Carissa Thompson uh, had come out there, and all of the sideline reporters united against her because she said she was making up. Oh yeah, I seen that back in the day. Yeah, yeah. All right. Have you ever on the football field just made up a route, and and it just worked out for you? Oh yeah, all the time, all the time, <laughs> like. When speaking of the game, when we played against Denver Broncos, I ran the wrong okay. route on our, on that like sixty yard touchdown. That was the I wrong route because me and Chosen that. ran the same route. Chosen ran the right route. I was supposed to run like a deep, like a deep route, and Tua right. was just like, "I'm just gonna look at Reek the whole time. I know he's gonna get running open." And so it's like <laughs> I do that all the time, bro. You know, football is always—it's never gonna be perfect. Yeah, we run the plays, never. but it's never gonna be. You are gonna have some plays that's on schedule, but you know, the one like you gonna—it's gonna be a point in the game where some of those throws are gonna be off schedule, and it's like hey, it's time to play ball now. Nah, let's get it. So basically, in football, it's okay to make things up and actually have them work out for you. Man, in sideline is. reporting, probably not a good idea to make up sideline reports. Uh, <laughs> second question, real quick. Zay Flowers had his little touchdown celebration. Uh, Lamar Jackson described it as ass. Uh, I don't know what he was doing. It looked like he was like trying to throw a bouquet or something uh, on his first one. For you, you had the touchdown celebration where you did the backflip holding the phone, which I thought was phenomenal. Right. How much planning do you put into some of your touchdown celebrations? You know what? There's no planning at all, man. It just kind of happens. You know, okay. um, now the one with my mom, when I gave my mom the ball, that was obviously yes. planned. My mom was like, look, you're going to give me that ball today. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> that was planned. And okay. I would say maybe the stump. Yeah, the stump yard one was we just talked about it. It was just, hey, I walked up to him and said, I'm, hey, I'm going to do the stump of the yard. It was like, which part? It's like, be ready. You don't know what part I'm doing. So it's like, it's just, it, it, it just be conversations. It's never like we we practicing it. It's like, right. hey, I'm going to do this. Be ready. So You talked about the touchdown uh, ball you were trying to give to your mom and the guy stole it right. uh, from her. But you ended up surprising that guy. And getting him what like a signed jersey or something yeah, like that. Yeah. What was the process of whose idea was that? You know what? Um, that was actually um, my mom's idea. Actually, she was like, um, oh. "Since the guy gave me the ball back, how about you go give him something?" I was like tired. I was like, "I don't feel like." She was like, "You you, you gonna go get him something?" Like, God, <laughs> you gonna tell me what to do in my own house? <laughs> <laughs> but I got up anyways, and uh, we went and did it. And let me say, I'm I'm so glad that, that I did that. It was like the coolest, you know, experience, you know, for me to be able to do that. Um, just that whole exchange that we had, the dialogue that we had, it was actually cool to hear his story of, of him being a Miami Dolphins, you know, um, seat. Uh, what do you call it? A seat holder for like thirty yep. years. Uh, season ticket holder. Season yeah, ticket yep. holder for like thirty years, and you know, wow, us champ being able to, you know, bring that spark back. You know, ever since Dan Marino, he said, I haven't had this spark since Dan Marino played. I was like, <laughs> all right, there we go. Oh, that's, a, that's a great spark. You know what I'm saying? That's a great spark. That's a great spark there. Nah, that's awesome, man. I, I think you've done a nice job, phenomenal job of engaging the community, engaging your own community. You're doing amazing things with your clothing brand, with gaming, with Madden, on the field, chasing or, or going after records, trying to win another Super Bowl and bring more happiness to the Dolphins fans. The last question I have for you before I let you bounce is, you like breaking the rules. 
right? And you and you are you're just a different type of cat in the way that you approach the game, the way you approach life. Right. Um, what's your feelings about Draymond Green? Uh, choking out Rudy Gobert uh, in, prote- in, in protection of Clay Thomas, uh, Clay Thompson. What, what, what's your feel about that? Yo, that was like the funniest thing ever. Draymond on Draymond, bro, and I don't got nothing <laughs> against. I don't got nothing against Draymond, bro. I'm just so glad. Like I like that's what you want your teammate to do if you Clay Thompson. But okay, if you Rudy, I, I, I don't disagree. If you Rudy Gobert in that situation, it's like, where are my teammates at, bro? This dude dragging me. Like somebody come choke him too. Nobody stood up for that man. In that situation, what would you have done if you were one of Rudy Gobert's teammates? I'm going to choke Draymond Green. I'm going straight to there do the go. same thing to him. It's like, there bro, we both finna get kicked out the game. All three of us, we gone. <laughs> it's like it's over with, bro. You got in that moment. You have to stand up for your teammate. You can't just watch this man put his arms up and get dragged all over the court. I ain't gonna lie, Draymond Dray- strong. Draymond was wild. Draymond strong. And he don't care. This man hit his own teammate in the face. You think he gonna care about choking your teammate? Boy, come on now. But he hit his teammate. <sighs> hey, he hit his teammate so hard. Them boy had to get bro a contract the next day just to make him feel. <laughs> <laughs> he hit bro so hard they had to get bro a contract to make him forget about that. Uh-uh. I ain't forgetting about that, coach. Oh my god. I don't know who leaked out that video, but Jordan Poole should be happy about it because it did get him paid. He got that bread. They had to make it right. They had make to make it, make it right, it right situation. Bro. But hey man, I appreciate you coming on the show. Um you break rules, you you've set the standard you are putting on for the short kings out there, and soon you will be breaking that NFL receiving yards record in a single season. And uh, I'm happy to to not only have you on the show uh, and not just have these conversations, but continue to help build with everything else that you got going on off the field. Thank you. Uh, we're going to keep doing this, my guy. Yes, sir. Appreciate you for coming on. Man. Thank you so much, RG3. Thank you to Tyreek Hill for joining the show and dropping some knowledge on us and having some fun. And of course, all the laughs. When it comes to Bryce Young people, I've seen enough. And what I mean by that is I'm going to give you my three reasons why Bryce Young should request a trade from the Carolina Panthers. Number one, the Panthers are so dysfunctional. I just watched David Tepper's press conference and him explaining why he fired Frank Reich and fired Josh McCown and fired Deuce Staley and their whole process of going through and drafting Bryce Young as the number one quarterback in this last year's draft. And whenever you have an owner like David Tepper, who is willing to fire the coach who drafted you 11 games into the season. That is not an organization that you want to be a part of. The second reason they, that Bryce Young should request a trade is the fact that they're not protecting him. Right now, Bryce Young has been sacked 40 times. The average time to throw in the NFL is 2.7 seconds from the time the quarterback, the, the ball is snapped and the quarterback has the ball in his hands. There was a play. In this last game that he played, the Danico Autry from the Tennessee Titans hit Bryce Young in 2.3 seconds after the snap. I mean, they had the running back scanning back across the field and had five offensive linemen blocking two D linemen and told the running back, hey, you're going to block Danico Autry. It did not work out. And Bryce Young is getting beat up in the pocket. So if they're not going to protect him and they're not building a system around his skill set, Why did they draft him in the first place? And the third reason that I think that Bryce Young should request a trade is because now they fired the coach and they're going to put him in his second offense in two years. I played in the NFL for eight seasons. I played in six different offenses in those eight seasons. If you ask any quarterback, let alone the greatest of all time in Tom Brady, what is the best thing for a quarterback? It's continuity. Tom Brady ran the same offense his entire career and had seven Super Bowl rings to account for it. So if Bryce Young is now going to be on his second head coach and be in his second offense in his second year in the NFL, then he might as well do that with a team that is going to be all in on him. And the reason I say that I don't think the Carolina Panthers are all in on Bryce Young, it's because David Tepper's point in his press conference was He supported the pick of Bryce Young, but that he didn't pick Bryce Young. That's what I heard. I heard that Frank Reich wanted Bryce Young. I heard that Josh McCown wanted Bryce Young. I heard that Deuce Staley wanted Bryce Young. And for whatever reason, it didn't work out and they fired him. Well, why would you fire the coach that wanted the quarterback that you selected? 
There's one of two reasons. Either you didn't want Bryce Young or they didn't want Bryce Young. So somebody's lying. Either David Tepper didn't want Bryce Young or Frank Reich didn't want Bryce Young. And I don't care who it is, but at the end of the day, for Bryce Young and his success, he needs to go to a more stable franchise that is going to be all on the same page and not constantly having him changing head coaches and changing offensive coordinators and changing coaches left and right. David Tepper, do right by Bryce Young and trade him away from the Carolina Panthers and allow him to go thrive in a different organization. All right, people. Well, that's a wrap for episode 11 of RG3 and the Ones. I want to say thank you to Tyreek Hill for coming on the show, having an amazing conversation. This show is not possible without you guys. So I appreciate you liking and subscribing to our YouTube channel so you know when these new episodes are going to be coming out. Like I've said multiple times before, this show would not be possible without my partners at Wave Sports and Entertainment in partnership with Whispering Oaks Productions. The producers are doing an amazing job. Our editors are doing an amazing job. And you guys are making it all possible. I want to make sure you know to be on the lookout for a special bonus conversation that we're going to have with Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman that will drop on Friday. And make sure you listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media at RG3 and the ones so that you can get the daily clips that we're going to be dropping. Because like I said, we're going to be bringing that fire and dropping knowledge on y'all weekly. So make sure you are tuned in to what is going on. Again, like and subscribe to our YouTube page. We appreciate you guys. And like I have always believed, I had some beignets this weekend, y'all. And them things were scrumptious lesson. But Thanksgiving might be over, but those leftovers, you can keep on eating them. So make sure y'all attack those leftovers like the beautiful monsters you are. And we will see you guys next week. <laughs>